listening to Give God 90, where we're not afraid of the tough biblical questions, because we will dig through the language, the culture, and the history to find the truth revealed in the words of our Creator. Hello, everyone. Thank you for letting us share part of your day. My name is Jerry Mitchell. Sitting next to me, back from her recent excursion, is Meyer sitting here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, we appreciate all the folks who tune in and listen to us. We give you a, about a minute as we get started here to get so everybody can get caught up because we know that you know it takes a, a minute or so for all of the um, computer stuff to go around and do what it does through all the places it travels and you know what I'm talking about. There's a delay, so <clears throat> um, not much of one from well <laughs> from the computer to the phone here is about ten seconds, around five seconds, ten seconds, depending on how it works but there's all kinds of stuff um for all the new folks out there we appreciate all of you we really uh, like it when we see new folks come in from different parts of the world and different countries and whatnot we are we do go around the world uh and that leads me to tell you that there are a couple people who could use some help if you are so inclined uh, if you let us know uh one lady who had um, uh, the virus last uh, a few months ago now. Uh, she's got orphans that she cares for that needed to go back to school and where they live. She has to pay for them to go to school. She has to pay for their uniforms. Uh, she could use some help with that. But uh, if you would like to, we can put you in contact with her or you can go through us, either one. There's other folks that need help too, and there may be people in your backyard that could use your help. And that, you know, that might not cost you anything. All you might have to do for those folks is sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. Let them know that somebody uh, is concerned about their well-being. Uh, speaking of that, if wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening, you know that we are currently uh, in the mid-Atlantic of the United States. Expecting a snowstorm tomorrow night. Some people are calling for uh, about 15 inches, which is what, like 35 centimeters? Well, I, my, my metric conversion doesn't work well. Um, but I know it's about two and a little bit. So we'll, we'll say about 35. Um, anyway, about knee deep. <laughs> How's that sound? About knee deep. Uh, so... I don't think it's going to be that bad and maybe a little more than ankle deep, but I don't think it's going to be knee deep uh, snowstorm for us here. We'll At least see. not in our state. <clears throat> well, no, not here where we are. It may be a little further north of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and the folks up in Canada may really get hit uh, hard again. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I usually don't talk a whole lot about current events the way I'm going to talk about them tonight. You know, sometimes I, I mention them as a way of how we apply uh, our faith to what's going on. And that is kind of where Give God 90 comes from, making sure that 
you have the information you need so that you can you know, apply your faith and learn to live the way you're created to live, the way you're designed to live. Uh, and you look at things and you can, I don't want to say evolve, you can adapt your life uh, to maintain your faith the best way possible as you walk through some of the things that goes on. Tonight we're going to look at it a little bit different. I don't like to get into a whole lot of prophecy, but there's some things going around. And it's got some people um, scared. I'll put it that way. Some of the folks that uh, I have seen look at this and speak about this, they're, they're frightened. And the news agencies aren't helping, okay? Just saying. They're out there. That, you know they got to make money, and that's they sell fear. Let's put it that way. But when we watch the news that's around the world today, and it's not just the United States, not just Europe or Africa or Australia, all around the world, you know, we often wonder how much more terrible that our Creator is going to allow this world to become. Well. If you are older than about, what, 25 maybe, you can remember that a few years ago, some people thought that the world had gotten about as bad as it could. If you're older than about 10, you can remember that two years ago, you thought things were bad, right? When the, the beginning of the virus. <clears throat> well, years ago, when we thought things were bad, guess what happened? We adapted, we overcame. We didn't always get used to what was happening, but we found a way to defeat the true evil and, and live in the aftermath. Not much different than what Adam and Eve had to do when they were kicked out of the garden. You know, they had lived in a good place, a perfect place. They messed up, and now they had to learn how to live in a place that wasn't perfect. And every time we go through this process, it seems like the world gets worse. You know, it's it's a cycle that just continues to happen. Well, Meyer's going to read the first 11 verses of Zechariah 14, and you're going to see something um, where it's not bad yet. The Lord's Day of Judging is coming. The wealth you have taken will be divided among you. I will bring all the nations together to fight Jerusalem. They will capture the city and rob the houses. The women will be raped. Half the people will be taken away as captives, but the rest won't be taken from the city. Then the Lord will go to war against those nations. He will fight as in a day of battle. On that day, he will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem. The Mount of Olives will split in two. A deep valley will run east and west. Half of the mountain will move north and half will move south. You will run through the mountain valley to the other side. You will run as you ran from the earthquakes. It was when Uzel was king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones will be with him. On that day there will be no light, cold, or frost. There will be no other day like it. The Lord knows when it will come. There will be no day or night. 
Even at evening it will still be light. At that time fresh water will flow from Jerusalem. Half of it will flow east to the Dead Sea, and half of it will flow west to the Mediterranean Sea. It will flow summer and winter. Then the Lord will be king over the whole world. At that time there will be only the Lord, and his name will be the only name. All the land south of Jerusalem, from Geba to Rimeon, will be turned into a plain. Jerusalem will be raised up, but it will stay in the same place. The city will reach from the Benjamin Gate to the first gate to the corner gate. It will go from the Tower of Han Hanal. Hananel. Hananel to the king's wine presses. People will live there. It will never be destroyed again. Jerusalem will be safe. Okay. So you think things are bad now? It's about to get a whole lot worse, but not to worry. What's being described is a time of terrible atrocities against Israel. Uh, but I need to be careful here. Okay, we need to distinguish Israel in its proper context. Israel in the Bible, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, can be can be considered three different things. Okay, we we can consider the physical location, the land that uh, is promised to Abraham and given to his descendants. In, in increments, right? That is Israel, the physical location, the land, the, the dirt, so to speak. Israel can also be a political government. You know, early it would have been uh, led by the priesthood, uh, then later by the kings and their councils. Now, of course, there is the elected Knesset, the president, prime minister, so you have those two things that can be considered Israel, but Israel can also, and more importantly, be considered a people, but not just the people living in the nation of Israel. It can also be the people who have joined themselves to the children of Abraham. You know, it's not the political nation or even a religious sect. It's the people themselves that that come together to to make up the body of believers in the creator the god of abraham isaac and jacob and i know a lot of times people get that confused they they when we think about israel they think about the jews when we think about israel they think about the land when we think about israel they think about something but it can be one of those three entities or it can be all of them together. It just kind of depends on who is being attacked. Is it the land? Is it the nation? Is it the government? Or is it Abraham's descendants and the people who have joined with them by their trust and their faith in the God of Abraham? So, did I explain that? You think so? Okay. <clears throat> um out of those three choices, you know, sometimes things happen to one, sometimes things happen to a couple, sometimes things happen to all three. But we often forget 
And here is the big thing. We often forget that just because someone may live in Israel, they may not choose to be affiliated with the descendants of Abraham. They may choose to separate themselves, right, from from their neighbors. And, And that means that they're not included in the people, but they are included in sometimes the uh, civil government regulations. Sometimes they're included as a citizen of a uh, area, right? Sometimes, so you have all of those things that, that go together that you have to sort through and you have to understand who's being spoken about or what's being spoken about. And I know it's kind of hard to follow, but but think about it maybe this way. If you have a brother or sister and they move to a foreign country, they don't stop being your brother and sister, right? Right. They, they, They keep on being your brother and sister. They're family. Now, sometimes, you know, maybe... You live in the same town you grew up in. Your brother or sister moved away. And now, maybe you have uh, a friend who's not a real family member move into your house. And they're staying with you. It's kind of that way. And I, I know that dynamic happens sometimes. So that's what we're looking at. We have different people doing different things at different times different family members going different places. And sometimes things happen to the house. Sometimes things happen to the family. Sometimes things just happen to the people staying there. Is that a better way to explain it? Okay, good. Um, What we read in Zechariah is that the nation and the land is going to be attacked. Half the people are going to be taken, half the people are going to be left. You know, we've, we've seen that before, right? Uh, we have also, for the, the Christians listening, we have also seen that in a different part of the Bible. So, you know, that's not the only place that that happens. Now, after this occurs, the Creator Himself will fight. And it's going to be vicious. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pleasant. But the land, Jerusalem, will not fall in that battle. Let's look at what happens to the other nations in verses uh, 12 through 15. But the Lord will punish the nations that fought against Jerusalem. He will bring a terrible disease to them. Their flesh will rot away while they are still standing up. Their eyes will rot in their sockets. And their tongues will rot in their mouths. At that time, the Lord will cause panic. Everybody will grab his neighbor. They will attack each other. The people of Judah will fight in Jerusalem. And the wealth of the nations around them will be collected. There will be much gold, silver, and clothes. A similar disease will strike the horses, mules, camels, and donkeys. All the animals in the camps will have the disease. Uh, If you want another witness to that, look in the last couple of chapters of Isaiah. You'll see it uh, again there. It kind of goes along with that chapter of 
Zechariah. Anyone who fails to follow the Creator's instructions is going to be punished. You think things are bad now? You ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, it's about to get worse. And what does all this have to do with what's going on in the world right now? Let's let's see if we can get some perspective on it. One of the, one thing that has dominated the world over the last couple of years is, of course, COVID. You know, and now not as much, right? Because it seems like things are winding down just a little bit sometimes. And now while some try to say, well, you know what? It's the vaccine. The vaccine helped ease the suffering of those who have really been sick. But if you've been watching carefully, if you've been watching carefully, you you know what's really been going on. The vaccines didn't have anything to do with the reduction of COVID-19. It kind of ran its course. And here's, here's what's really happening. Once the doctors figured out they needed to treat the patient and not the disease, not as many people died. Once the doctors realized that some of the protocols that they were being told to follow were doing more harm than good, and they stopped doing it, fewer people died. And by curing the people... It defeated the disease. Now, here's the, here's the really weird thing. Now that we have these different uh, variations, as they call them, they're not as aggressive as far as doing harm. Yeah, they're still bad, but they're not as aggressive to do harm. Some of them are more infectious but it's almost becoming its own vaccine. If I could use that analogy. There's going to be some, some virologists out there that hear this and they well, that's not quite the way it works, and I get that. But for the general concept, once you get a virus, your body builds up an immunity, and that one can't hurt you as bad again. doesn't mean you can't get it. It just means... Your body's going to say, ooh, I know what this is. I know what to do. It's the way you're designed. Once the, the doctors actually began to administer the proper preventatives, when somebody actually did get sick, they stopped all the experimental protocols, and they really, really did uh, help. Not as many people are as sick And here's the really strange thing. The United States is supposed to be one of the leading countries in, in medicine. And it seems like some of the other nations right now are far ahead of where we are with this. It's kind of amazing to me. But what does all that mean, not just to, to specific countries, but to the, the whole of mankind? It means that the world, all of mankind, is no longer absolutely terrified of the virus. 
you know, not everybody's hiding in their homes anymore. Not everybody is afraid to leave home for fear of death. Now, evil needs a new way in the world to scare you. And if you look at the news, that's exactly what's happening. Because the new scare seems to be the threat of World War III. And it seems to be beginning in uh, Russia and the Ukraine. You know, Vladimir Putin threatening to reacquire the Ukraine and, and begin to rebuild what was the former Soviet Union. And, and the whole world is like holding its breath, waiting for something to happen. You know, a lot of people are, they're glued to their TVs going, oh, when's it going to happen? Who's going to push the button first? You know, we have diplomats meeting in different countries. And it's not just U.S.-Russia diplomats either. It is Germany and the Ukraine and China's involved. South Korea's involved. Many, many countries are involved. Did you, did you catch when I said many, many countries are involved? I hope you need to pay attention to that one, right? A headline this week from Israel 365 News read that as Russia prepares invasion, Israel may rescue up to 75,000 Ukrainian Jews from Gog Magog. Now, right under that headline is the Bible verse from Ezekiel 38.2. Human being, turn your face towards Gog of the land of Magog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Prophesy against him. When we see headlines like that, it causes people to think about prophetic things and say, oh. Now, Christians are going to jump to the end of the book and go, well, this is the Gog Magog War. This is what's predicted in Revelation. It's the end of the world. It's World War III. Not yet. It's not time yet. Now, this particular article was by uh, Adam Berkowitz, and it was written two days ago. Uh, It's talking about the mounting pressure on the border, and it actually overlooks some very important key factors, but that's not what they're focusing on. What they're focusing on here is helping Jewish folks get out of Ukraine before the fighting starts, getting them into Israel, making sure now, as as uh, many rockets and bombs go off in Israel, everybody's thinking it's going to be safer than the Ukraine. That's kind of odd, isn't it? <laughs> when you really think about it, you know, it is is Israel going to be really safer than Ukraine? Well, it may be. We don't know yet. Kinda, but we're working on that. Now, while some would have you believe, because they're like the naysayers, they're the doomsdayers, they're the, oh, the sky is falling crowd, you know who I'm talking about. Some people will have you believe that what's coming is going to be the final battle. We're not there yet. It's not time yet. There are things that have to happen before we get to that point. Now, if you remember in in, uh, Zechariah, 
um, 14, Meyer was talking about, I will bring all the nations together to fight Jerusalem. We're not at that point yet. But all of the nations are meeting to do what? Hopefully, get some control and and speak some peace so that Russia says, you know what, as long as you pay us, we'll be good. You can bribe Russia. They need the money. Okay? Now, if you go back into Zechariah and you look at chapter 5, here's something that you need to pay some special attention to. There's a description of what's going to happen before we get to the, the whole Gog-Magog conflict. And we're going to look at this for a second. And you've never heard this read the way Meyer's going to read it. And the reason you haven't is it's a hybrid translation. And uh, a lot of it is my translation. So if you'll read Zechariah 5, it's only like 11 or 12 verses. Again, I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 30 feet, and its width is 3 feet. Then he said to me, This is the promise that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cleaned out according to what is on one side. And everyone who swears falsely shall be cleaned out according to what is on the other side. I will send it out, declares Jehovah, king of his army, and it shall enter the house of the thief, and the house of him who swears falsely by my name. And it shall remain in his house and consume it, both timber and stones. Then the angel who talked with me came forward and said to me, Lift your eyes and see what this is going what this is that is going out. And I said, What is it? He said, It is the wickedness that is going out. And he said, This is their sin and evil in all the land. And behold, the heavy lead cover was lifted, and there was fire under it. And he said, This is wickedness. And he pushed the fire into the container and slammed down the heavy lead weight on its opening. Then I lifted my eyes and saw two women coming forward. The wind was in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the wickedness between the earth and the heaven. Then I said to the angels who walked with, who talked with me, Where are the, they taking the wickedness? He said to me, To the land of Shinar, to build a house for it. And when it is prepared, they will set the wickedness down there on its base. Did you catch all of that? <clears throat> What's being described? Is it possible that Zechariah is the first human witness to a nuclear bomb loaded on a missile? He's the first. Is it possible he's the first one to see it? It very well could be. And then it's going to be carried off to the land of Shinar. Isn't that something? But look at this. I see a flying scroll, a Megillah, what a scroll is, is wrapped around. 30 feet long, 3 feet wide. 
Now, a few years ago, we were at the Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. They had a few, I think it was only two variations of the Scud missile uh, on display at that time. They're about 30 feet long and about 3 feet wide. Just saying. <clears throat> What's being described here? Whatever the wickedness is that goes out remains in the house and consumes it. It's going to stay in the timber and it's going to stay in the stones. It's going to stay in the concrete. That's radiation. That is radiation. Now, for the ones who are familiar with this, you're going to recognize this as a woman in a lead basket. But woman and fire in the Hebrew language are spelled exactly the same. Isha and Asha. When you see it, you kind of have to figure out what you're going to use. Now, husbands, be careful. I know what you're thinking. And yeah, you're kind of right. There is a really, really, really good reason why it's spelled the same. Okay? <laughs> because they can be kind of fiery when given the chance. <clears throat> I've got one looking at me now. Kind of funny. <laughs> We see this from Zechariah before, long, well, somewhat before the Gog Magog War. The messenger who said they're taking it to the land of Shinar. The land of Shinar was a big place. You know, the first time we run across it, uh, we talk about the plains of Shinar where the Tower of Babel was. A lot of times people want to limit it limit that to just the area around Babylon, but the land, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the land of the United States, the land of uh, Russia, the land of China. It's a huge place, right? Where in the land of Shinar was it being taken? Well, here's what should concern, not worry, but concern you enough to be aware. They're preparing a missile silo in western Iran, which is part of the land of Shinar. When it gets there, that's where it's going to be housed. That's where it's going to stay. That was where it's going to be. You think... Uh, <laughs> You begin to understand why Israel doesn't want Iran to have a nuclear weapon? Is it getting a little more clearer to you now? When that weapon is placed in western Iran, it's going to set the stage for a lot of other things to happen. But that has to happen before the Gog-Magog conflict. So what, we, what we're looking at and what we see today in the news is the preparation for all of this. Actually, it's, it, it's kind of fascinating if you, if you really understand what you're seeing. 
Most of Zechariah describes a buildup of, of hatred against Israel and the destruction that follows. And, and what we can see in the news today are the preparations for that. The preparations for the physical attack against the land of Israel. The attack against those who trust the Almighty and stay faithful to Him is also described, but you know, what we see right now is the preparation for the attack against the land. So should we be worried? Should you be worried? Well, no, and yes. We don't worry about the things that our Creator has put in motion more than 2,300 years ago, okay? He knows His plan. He knows what he needs to do to accomplish that plan. He knows He knows what's got to happen, and he knows how to get it done. What we need to be doing is being watchful, but more importantly, and this is something you don't hear a lot, we need to be more hopeful, and we need to be more trusting. Right now, we need to be more trusting than ever. Because we're watching these things and we should be fascinated that we live in a time where we get to see the preparation for prophecy to be fulfilled. Because that's what you're watching. Some of us may get to see that prophecy be fulfilled when Israel is attacked, the land of Israel is attacked. Some of us may be able to witness prophecy be fulfilled when the Mount of Olives is split. Some of us may get to see the prophecy be fulfilled when everything is completed. We may not recognize it right away because we've been taught one way that it should look. And we're expecting it, we're expecting it, we're expecting it. And all of a sudden it looks different. Isaiah 17 talks about the destruction of Damascus. It will be uninhabitable. There is a, a Catholic college in Western Australia. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But they have uh, declared, they looked at all of the cities in the world, and they have declared Damascus as the least inhabitable city in the world. You, know, you can kind of survive there, but it's a war zone. We're watching prophecy being fulfilled. We're seeing the preparations for what's going to happen. But the most fascinating part, at least for me, is how it's happening. What it took to get to where we are. We don't need to worry. We just need to trust. We need to stop being anxious about the things that we have no control over. But we need to do something about the things that we can control. And one of the first things for that is learning how to live the way we're designed to live. Once you know how to do that, 
everything else will take care of itself. In fact, in uh, just, I believe, a few weeks, I'm going to be able to, um, I'm going to be able to reveal a long forgotten secret. Something that many, many people have been overlooking for a long time. I just need to formulate a way to say it that's going to make sense. Sometimes that takes me a couple of weeks to do that because I have to roll it over in my mind. Just because I can see it doesn't mean that I can explain it, right? Meyer knows better than anybody. (laughs) I can be a terrible explainer sometimes. But I need to be able to speak it so that you can see it uh, as plainly, hopefully, as I do. And here is the big thing. Once you see it, once you understand it, you're going to realize that it's quite possible I've been thinking about my eternity kind of the wrong way. Inside out, sort of. Not to get you upset, not to get you worried. Just saying, there's a few folks out there who have probably been looking at this the wrong way from the wrong direction. Let's put it that way. But once I figure out how to explain it, I will let you in on that long lost secret. Until then, do your best to learn to live the way you're designed to live, following the Creator's instructions, making sure that you are doing everything you can do right now to glorify Him, not yourself. That's the big, biggest thing you can do right now. The most important thing you can do right now is to learn how to do that so that you can be a positive influence on the people around you. If you need help with that, of course, GiveGodNoney.com can help with that. Um, if you need even more help with that, there's a couple of books out already. Uh, Tradition of Truth and God's Universe, God's Rules. The next one hopefully will be out before much longer, and it will be Inheriting Lies. It is at the publisher as we speak, going through its final whatever it goes through that they deal with. Uh, and yeah, they're they're affected by COVID too, so it's going to take a little bit longer than we expected. So, but anyway, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Thank you for joining us tonight, and we'll. See you on Monday morning. Absolutely. We'll be back Monday morning unless we get snowed out, <laughs> which I don't think snowed we will. In? Snowed in? Yeah, snowed in. If we're snowed out. in, it's not a big deal. As long as we have electric, we can still get out. True. So. At least to everyone listening to us anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> don't worry. Just keep trusting the Almighty and do what you can do because... He is in control. And until Monday, many, many blessings. Oh, my